Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, pick guardian. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wound, pick up. Jumping the gun, Jared. There he is. All right. That's me. Hey, this is Todd Novak. We are super thrilled that you are listening to our show, yep. the Guitar Knobs podcast. Tony, what do we do here? We like to talk about gear and the builders of said gear. Yes. Including boutique builders. Mm. Not builders of boutiques where you would buy no. things, but boutique builders. Uh, almost exclusively. Right. Almost exclusively. You might say almost. we are the... Champion of the little guy. Yeah. We're yeah. in a sea of Goliaths. We're looking for the Davies. But okay. Hey, Davey. <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits. <laughs> uh, That's what you. we do. That so we talk to people. Yeah. We talk to... We get uh, their backstory. We get their backstory. We like to find out what... What comprises the fingerprint they are laying upon the guitar world. I was going to say DNA, but... <laughs> yeah, that's a little weirder. Yeah. Hey, so we have somebody on the line that fits this bill. Who are you, buddy? Uh, I am AWOL from AWOL Pedals. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's uh, Nashville's crazy hot right now, and I wore all black and in a horrible decision this morning. But, you know, if well, it makes you feel any better, all three of us here are wearing black. Hey, that's the best. You know, I it's very slimming. It's an interesting <laughs> thing because I'm, I'm going to share something that I that a friend of mine said a long time ago. I used to live down in Huntington Beach, and we were um, we were at, a, at the crosswalk at the pier on Main Street, and uh, we we're just sitting there at the stoplight, and we saw these people. You know, we see all the people going to the beach wearing beach gear, and then we saw some people that were like kind of gothy. But and they were like still going like, yeah, but we're goth and we're going to the beach. And and he said something that was one of the wisest things I've ever heard in my whole life. He goes, he just shook his head and he goes, can't take your scene to the beach, man. And I was like, damn, wow, that is amazing. I've never forgot that. That was a long time ago. So I, I, it's kind of funny because, you know, all the rock and roll is moving down to Nashville. And mm. what do what do rock and roll wear? Black. skinny black jeans skinny black t-shirts skinny yeah, black totally. so when summer hits in nashville it's hot oh yeah yep. hot 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 so it's gonna be like well <laughs> what is that gonna look like <laughs> anyway gonna be a lot of uh wet skinny sweaty black shorts <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. skinny black tank tops Ooh. all right enough of that so hey we got a we've got uh, somebody online we already mentioned who he is that is a wall aaron wall and we're glad to have him on the line. Yeah, That's thank great. you guys for having me. I'm yeah. glad we got it to work out. Indeed. It almost didn't happen. We weren't going to let that happen. Never. Right. We never Ooh. let we never are okay with almost. That's going to be our tagline. All right. So, yeah, you can't take us to the beach. No. Uh, we got a couple of <laughs> announcements real quick and then we're going to get into finding out all about his his pedals and he makes some pretty unique stuff. While you are listening to the smooth sounds of our announcements and everything, <laughs> If you are able to get to a phone or some sort of electronic device and check out his pedals, awallpedals.com, then you can see what it is he does. And you will have probably said, wait a minute, I've seen those before on Instagram and stuff. And that's because you have. So 
Let's see how I confirm. I just <laughs> yeah, that was confirmer. great. Uh, announcements, real quick. We need to give a great, ginormous shout out to Rode microphones. Yay, Rode! Who have supplied us with our awesome audio gear. Our um, uh, Tony's favorite thing in the world. They are articulated. I arms love the articulating arms. By, I'm using them right now. By That's which the uh, perfect you microphones hear. hang. I love and it. And our new unit, our baby. We haven't named it yet. We need to name this Rodecaster Pro, baby. That's just the name of the thing, but we haven't personalized it. That's like naming the, so, re- the recorder thingy, McDickle. Yes, it's the Rodecaster Pro, and um, we are super excited about this. It is helping our efforts out tremendously. We want to give a huge thank you to Rode for um, really being such a great support to us for for a couple of years now, and uh, specifically a giant shout out to both the Knicks at road so moving on from there we have a couple of contest announcements that we're going to put up they're not live yet maybe they will be very shortly after this and i better go to jared before he eats the microphone he's gonna eat it (laughs) so i have a set of brandon wound pickups to give away to our patrons. We're going to hold this off for a few weeks, so if anyone out there was thinking about maybe becoming a patron, why don't you do so? Uh, so you can possibly win some really cool pickups. Uh, these are 1959 clones, as I said, and they are black uh, open humbuckers. They are new condition, of course, and um, they look like the original old PAF from back in the you know late fifties or early sixties, it's kind of it's it's your bread and butter uh, pickup. Yeah, there. it pretty much is. Yeah, you put them in your Les Paul SG or S three thirty five or or what have you, yeah. or even in a Stratocaster if if you want to put them in there. But uh, don't do that. Well, usually people <laughs> don't. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, <clears throat> if you're a patron or you want to be a patron, let's let's get it going because I'm about to hand some uh, pickups out to somebody. These are amazing sounding hand. I'll go you pickups. one better. Okay. If you're going to put those, if whoever wins those pickups, yeah. If they need a pick guard, I'm giving them a Holy pick guard. Holy mackerel! That's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right, so we will announce that on Patreon to our patrons. We will send them a message. Um, so if you have been on the fence about joining Patreon, this is a really good reason to do it. Do, do it. it. We've got to discuss a few other things. Like what happened in our music world this week, gentlemen. I'm going to start with Aaron since he's just been listening to us blab of blue. Aaron, go ahead. Tell us what happened in your uh, guitar world this week. Uh, basically, I've just been kind of playing my uh, Mustang that I had uh, custom built with Eastside Music Supply here in Nashville. Oh, yeah. And uh, Humbucker Single Single. So it's set up like a super strat. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, so I've just been playing that, oddly enough, directly into an amp, just into a like 75 Vibrochamp. And mm. I've just been like playing around with the vibrato on the amp, like mm. not using a tremolo pedal or anything, just kind of... I like that. That's uh, tasty. Been, That's old yeah, school. Yeah, just trying man. to... Ex- yeah, experiencing that old school like amp. This is how the owner of... The original owner of this amp probably played it, you know? Yeah. Mm. That's really cool. Uh, we're we had a great time at Eastside Music Supply last summer. Oh, yeah. um, great little shop down there. What what year is your Vibrochamp? Uh, my Vibrochamp is a seventy five. Seventy five. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's Silver Face. Yes. Nice. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, Tony Baloney, how about yourself? Well, just in the in the mail yesterday, I got my 
shipment of, uh, I got a hundred Russian, well, they're, they're technically paper and oil caps. Yes. These are like from the 1970s or 1980s, I think they are. Wow. And, uh, they came from all the way from the Ukraine. Wow, that's really cool. So, so Russian, Russian old stock stuff. So to be used in. Well, these are. I mean, these are for guitars. I mean, I use yeah, them in like guitars stars. all the time. Yeah, that's for a tone cap. Yep. Okay. Um, but what's really cool about them is um, they are. So, a true paper and oil cap has a, a sheet of foil wrapped around a sheet of paper, which has been soaked in oil. Mm-hmm. This particular manufacturer did a uh, foil with wax paper, which technically paraffin is an oil. So it's 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 a true paper and oil, but it's a lot cheaper to do these. And, right. um, probably a little bit more stable, I would imagine. Eh, I wouldn't count on that. Okay. I think it's all probably from, a less stable, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly, like you said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I got a hundred of these. Right. I got a hundred of these. Of the time. A hundred of these caps for 35 bucks plus I think like seven or eight bucks for shipping from the Ukraine. Right, so are you going to use them on customers' guitars? I mean, I just keep them on hand because I use them in all of mine. You, and then you're I can gonna make a hundred new guitars. Well, I well, if it has two controls, that's cool. You never know. Yeah, one never knows. Maybe but anyhow, so I've got I've got a pair of them right here. I'm gonna let uh, Jared's gonna take these home with them. He can play around with them. That's cool. You. But they're point oh twenty twos, so they're kind of like the same value as uh, bumblebees. Yeah, and uh, these I think are rated at two hundred volts, and they're so. kind of big. They're cool looking. Well, these are relatively small compared to like true bumblebees. They're relatively small, as you said. Yes. <laughs> So anyhow, I've got those, and I'm gonna. I put them in a guitar today, uh-huh. and they actually sound pretty good. That's rad. So there you go. Very cool. Yay! All right, Jared, what happened this week? We saw our friend Drew Poppy a mm-hmm. week ago yeah. or so, mm-hmm. and I obtained his <gasps> Fobstar Royal preamp. It, that thing is awesome. It's so cool. And it, today, I mean, I feel bad because today is actually the first time I got it out of the box and plugged it in. Mm-hmm. And I am so glad I did. It will be replacing my TS9. There was, <gasps> and there probably was probably a couple other pedals to be honest. Possibly, but it it there was no thinking about it. It's like TS9 gone. That one yeah. is taken. And to be place. clear, it's not an overdrive. No, and it's, it's not really a power or gain thing. It's just something else altogether. It's got one knob, and that's all it needs. It's yeah. like it it doesn't need it doesn't need that tone shaper thing or whatever like Mm. the ts9 has it's absolutely perfect where it's set at and you know the the uh ts9 that it just i don't like how it cuts the the uh, lows out you know Mm. what i mean how it just it's not boomy yeah it loses that but this preamp is it i feel like it makes me sound like like i'm playing out of two uh two different amps there's there's a certain something that it brings that it's like I have my standard tone and then there's like this other like tone that's coming to the party that it really otherworldly tone yeah I think that's just because of the way your sets your stuff is set up which is pretty cool yeah but but for me it's it's more of a a true I don't want to say overdrive but it's just a true it's I don't know it's hard for me to explain yeah I, that's the only way that it. I've been able to explain that pedal. It makes you sound more foppy. Yeah, 
That's true. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I love that pedal, man. Great Huge job. Things. So if you're interested in one of those, uh, contact uh, Fopstar Amps, who and he makes really... <laughs> He's, he's on the yeah. Too. He's on the road a lot. He is on the road because he's a professional guitar tech. Yes, but he is. He still he's, makes stuff and sells it. And it's really good quality. Yeah. All right. For me, speaking of good quality, yeah, what uh, do you I was playing, practicing, and all of a sudden, uh, my to- like all my sound cut out, and I said, "What the? What's going on?" And I realized that I had a bum patch cable. Now, uh, that really hasn't happened to me too much before and uh, this one is in a very strange it's a uh, it's not a standard like uh, pedal like directly next to to each other it kind of it's a weird hookup so I was stressing the cable I realized that but it was kind of a crap cable to begin with stupid cable anyways so I realized you know what I need I'm not going to be able to use a pancake jack because it's going to get in the way like it's because part of it is going to my tapestry volume so those are top mounted and there's just, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. So I said, aha, wait a minute. I've got the perfect solution. And I went to my bag. I have a little bit of, uh, just a little bit left of my three monkeys solderless, uh, <laughs> kit and you can't say solderless can you i can't say so, it say it for monkey solder solder solderless forget the l forget the hard l yeah just pretend the l's not there solderless solderless it's hard there's the outtake force to do that anyways solder yeah um so like, I, I broke that out and I fixed it in a jiffy and I was super stoked. So I got to get another bag of tricks from those guys. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't uh, checked out their stuff, they have, I mean, I've tried a handful of uh, solderless kits. <laughs> and uh, in fact, the one, the reason that I went back to my three monkeys is I got a free kit at Nam that was that completely, utterly did not work at all. Like, not even uh, a little bit. And so I said, what am I going to do? And that's when I remembered, ooh, I got one that actually works. So Good. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to Three Monkeys for making a really great product. Anyways, all right, let's get on to some... One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Aaron from Wall Pedals, why don't you give us your four on the floor? So I'd probably start with some sort of compressor, um, something a little more, uh, a little more subtle, not as squishy. So I'd probably do like, like an old school orange squeezer compressor, or I guess like the modern version of that would be, uh, the JHS pulp and peel. Okay. Um, so I'd probably start with that just cause like, I like the sustain that compression brings to like a guitar signal, but I don't necessarily like uh, how much it can change the tonal quality, especially when you're using a lot of compression and kind of like more like a Dynacomp, you know, it's a little more of a, that's like more of a chicken picking kind of right. compression, compression sound. And I like a little more of like a smoother, just barely there, always on type of compressor. And as far as compressor pedals go, people either are like, I'm a compressor pedal person or they're totally not a compressor pedal person. Solder solderless <laughs> compressor persons poppy. Uh, Where do you fall in that mix? <laughs> I like compressors now. I would probably have considered myself 
the opposite before. And just because like I didn't really understand them or get them, but like as I dove into it more, um, I like compressors. I like hearing the nuances of each one, and um, and it's also made me a lot pickier about which uh, compressor I, I use and what I what I end up with because they are kind of they're definitely polarizing. Like I'd agree with you there. Well, I think as we've we've said on the show before that a lot of times when a compressor is working right, you don't know it's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not so obvious that oh, I'm compressing my sound. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that, or at least that's that's the pleasant way I like to hear it. <laughs> Instead of uh, well, it's just smooshing my sound. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it just kind of crushes like the signal sometimes to where it's like your notes just sound so like chalky almost, you know, they're just so like, uh, the life's been squeezed out of the note and all you have chalky. is like pitch. You Ooh. know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of like this dry sound. You're oh like, yeah. I, I, I can totally, I can relate to that. I don't like chalky. No, no, nah. <laughs> we, we can dig that. <laughs> all right. What do you have for number two? Uh, I'd probably go with a Marshall blues breaker overdrive pedal. Hmm. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Just because uh, when it comes to overdrive, I like the sort of dance that happens between like a tube amp on the verge of breaking up and subtly breaking up and uh, like a soft clipping overdrive that kind of just pushes it to the next level. I like them kind of be working together rather than, you know, like 70 30 overdrive amp or vice versa. You should do wine reviews. <laughs> it had oaky overtones. Yeah, right. Look at that subtle dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm getting notes of notes of blues. Yes. <laughs> All right. How about number three? Um, so I'm obsessed with the EHX Canyon delay. Mm. Um, I think it's like I think it's like 140 dollars new or something like that. It's around yeah, that price range, super but. Cheap. It's and it's a digital pedal, but it has like every delay sound that basically I've ever wanted, and they're all really good. Like the tape sound is really impressive and really convincing. It's not necessarily like that El Capistan where it's like got all the kind of high fidelity of it, but its its tape sound is great. It has uh, a deluxe Memory Man emulating sound that sounds really good. It has octave delay. It has a reverb built in. Uh, I want to build a delay really badly and this pedal exists. So I probably won't because I can't compete with it at all. Hmm. And it's beautiful. <laughs> Plus it's hard to squeeze into one of those little boxes. Right. Yes, well, yes absolutely. And, and that is a, it's kind of weird because they did put that in a smaller box, um, which well compared to compared to a lot of man. their other boxes, yeah. yeah, which have less things on them. So it's kind of odd, kind of an mm-hmm. odd choice. Um, Hmm, interesting. Uh, okay, excellent. And numero four. Uh, I'm just going to go with a classic Boss RV5 reverb pedal. Uh, I have one right now, and I think it's my third one I've owned, and I just keep coming back to it. And I think it's because of the ease of use and like the functionality. Like I know how to set the knobs to get a good sound when I'm on the modulate setting, which is kind of everyone's... Uh, favorite it seems and then I really like the room sound on it it's just very like very minimal but still pretty high fidelity and it just uh, I don't use a lot of reverb typically I use like a medium to low amount um, and it does that job perfectly Hmm. now why is that your third Uh, I just keep 
like getting them and then trading them for other things. I had a Strymon Blue Sky for a while. Um, I always, I'm always swapping out different pedals, and pedals hold their value usually pretty well mm-hmm. uh, if you take care of them. So it's just, it's just fun to trade and try different things. Yeah, I can totally understand. That. <laughs> no, Todd, no, you know nothing of that. <laughs> Except yeah. your pedals don't hold their value. <laughs> yeah, no, they. Yeah, they, well, yeah, they do. Come on, why are you so mean to me? Um, all right, that's. Good four on the floor. Solid. Yay. Yeah, very solid. Um, Thank you. All right, everybody. We're going to get into Mr. Wall, and a.k.a. a wall. Uh, we're going to get into his uh, story about his little pedals. And I do mean, and I'm not saying that in a diminutive way, like, oh, and you got little, little pedals. <laughs> they are actually really tiny, and that's kind of his jam. So we're going to find out more about that. Um Another reminder, if you are able to, go check out uh, AWOL Pedals on Instagram and or on the web, and you can you can watch along while you listen or something. <laughs> and uh, let's get into this. All right? Cool. Excellent. So I got a hold of you uh, because I keep seeing these little pedals, and I keep hearing from people in the pedal community reference reference a wall and uh so naturally uh, i said well let's find out a little bit more about this and uh you know you don't have a colossal library of pedals but you're doing something unique enough to garner people's attention and i think that that is uh worth talking about so um I guess just a quick background. Where did you start off in the guitar world or guitar, your guitar interest? Where did that stem from? So I probably, uh, oddly enough, I, uh, I'll, I'll probably offend some people with this, but I didn't like guitar at all. Like growing up for the longest time. And then around 13 or 14 as like, I think a lot of people, a lot of boys, especially, in that age, they just kind of realize it's like, oh, I'm an awkward middle schooler. I need girls to like me. I better learn an instrument, you know? And uh, I guess I learned guitar. And from there, uh, I fell in love with the electric guitar and all these different like sounds. Because to me, that was the interesting part is it sounds so different uh, depending on what you plug it into and your playing style and what strings you use and what pedals you use. And that was like immediately apparent to me. Um, so yeah, in high school, I basically kind of fell in love with the guitar and, um, yeah, from there I was just kind of tampering with different sounds and had started to build not full circuits yet, but things like tap tempo pedals, AB switches, uh, bypass loopers, you know, kind of auxiliary and utility boxes. Mm -hmm. What was some, what were some of the sounds that you initially locked onto, like that got you into like, wait, what's this rock and roll stuff? Well, I loved, I love like tube amps and kind of like, like old ZZ top and stuff like that. And just, uh, and at the time I had like, I had a solid state, I think Behringer distortion or something like that. And I remember, I remember clearly trying to like emulate these different sounds and I couldn't, I was like, these aren't, this isn't quite cutting it. It's like not quite there. And I would almost drive myself crazy trying to emulate sounds of like mm-hmm. bands like Switchfoot and stuff that were popular at that time. And 
uh, and Muse and people like that. And I was just like, okay, I need way more pedals to make the sounds that they're making because they have fuzz pedals and, you know, they have circuits built into their guitars and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of, the music I was starting to listen to regularly uh, almost immediately became my inspiration for what I wanted to play on the guitar or what I wanted to attempt to emulate. Sure. As it goes. And what were, what kind of guitar were you doing this on? Uh, so my first guitar was a made in Mexico Fender Strat. I think it was a 2004. I still have it. Todd's uh, favorite. <laughs> oh, they're great. They're great guitars. <laughs> uh, Honestly, like I've had uh, American strats I didn't like as much. But yeah, it, 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 he wasn't knocking the uh, Mexican strat as I'm personally not a strat guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he's I, not man I'm enough not to handle Tele. a strat. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's weird how that can, that can happen, right? Like you can, you can find a guitar that just like yeah. speaks to you and it just sounds great. Well, the Mexican, really. the Mexican stratocasters are the Mexican line anyway. I don't know what they do, but they, they make a great neck profile. That I personally like, so I'm I never snub my nose at any yeah. Mexican-made Fender. See, you know when you take two magnets and you put them together, and sometimes they stick, and sometimes the magnet, other magnet, goes flying. Yeah, that's what that's what it, a Stratocaster is like. Polarity thing. Mm. Yeah, gotcha. It just <laughs> wants to fly off of my body. Anyways, okay. uh, so okay, so you got your Mexican Strat. You're listening to Muse and ZZ Top and all kinds of cool stuff, and uh, and you start playing. And at some point you say, hmm, I should make some pedals. How do we get there? Yeah, so basically I had kind of made some small auxiliary boxes, like I was saying, and I really didn't visit it again until I was... So I probably took a little bit of a break between like 16 and 18. So when I was 18 or 19, I kind of got back into it and was like, okay, I think I can figure this out and... I was finding people can just post like schematics and like different uh, building tips and stuff on forums and online. And like, if you, if you look up tube screamer schematic, you'll just find it. It's just there, you know? Um, So the internet was kind of reaching maturity at that point. And I was kind of like, huh, you can just look these up. It will give you the literal map and recipe for how to build some of these things. And then from there you can, you know, like Legos take out what you don't want and, change different things and switch capacitors, switch, you know, switch resistors and uh, route things differently. And yeah, you could quite literally just play with it right in front of you. Yeah. There's one, uh, I'm trying to remember the actual, um, the actual account name, but they posted up on Instagram, uh, usually about like one, at least once every week, once every couple of weeks. And it's four versions, four different layouts for the same effect. Mm. And as so you can just take that and go. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if I, I'll, I'll try to remember. Um, I don't know what I'll do with that. Just go find it yourself. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's terrible hosting, but I, 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 you know, I can't possibly fulfill that. So um, anyways, yeah. So you started down that path. Now, obviously there are loads and loads of pedals out there. And I think it's always interesting to find where builders just kind of find that little path of their own. Uh, what, how did you start to kind of fashion what you wanted to do and differentiate yourself? That's a great question. Um, so I was 
building clones and stuff for people in college and helping people like kind of just like with their tone and like being like, Hey, have you tried this pedal? Cause at that point I had been trying a bunch of different circuits and starting to expand my knowledge of gear. And uh, at some point when I decided I just wanted to do my own thing and keep doing the pedals and like brand myself, um, I was really into the like small pedal thing and people seem to put a high value on pedalboard real estate. And that's, that trend has kind of increased over time. And um, so it became like readily apparent that people like small pedals and the industry is kind of headed that way a little bit. Um, I think just today I saw the mini carbon copy that MXR put out. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's the big companies are doing it too. And um, so for me, I wanted to do something like that. And I had a boost circuit that I really enjoyed. That was just a simple transistor, uh, single transistor boost circuit um, that I liked and I wanted it, I wanted to put it in one of these like square enclosures that most people use for like tap tempos and right. other things like that. And it was kind of almost a challenge from, uh, some of my colleagues and myself to like, see if I could fit the circuit in there. And upon designing it, it was like obvious that there's nowhere I can put the knob on the front of it where, you know, even me with like, you know, I, I wear a size nine. I'm not, I'm still going to step on it, you know? So I was like, it can't go anywhere on the face of it. So I put the knob on the north side of the enclosure. Um, and it, it seemed like the only option uh, there or like one of the other sides because pedal is two inches by two inches and it's uh, the knobs are going to be stepped on otherwise. So I kind of tried to design a small pedal from the ground up from like what made sense from a design standpoint rather than like take a, take a pedal and shrink it down to be a small pedal. If that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and, and when you did that, what was the initial response? Um, I think people, people seem pretty stoked on it. They were, uh, I think maybe a little apprehensive on like, uh, the way it looks or like, cause it doesn't look like a traditional pedal. Obviously it's just kind of designed differently. And, um, I think it's, I think it's catching on a little bit more now and people are kind of warming up to it a bit more just cause it's before it was like, it's like a walkie talkie looking, you know, uh, pedal. And yeah. now it's just like, Oh, it's a cool small pedal that fits that space on my pedal board that I can't figure out what to put there. Cause you know, I've, you know, room for one more and I don't want to put an Altoids tin on there, you know? And right. so that's kind of where I've fallen uh, or I've seemed to have fallen uh, in terms of the industry. Interesting. Now, the the choice for that knob, um, you, uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's is it hot? To, it's not hot tone. There's another. There's a another pedal company that puts out. It's an import company, um, and it's got like a speed knob on the back, like a traditional like Gibson speed knob, um, but it also has the bar. So it's like there's just too much going on with it. And I always was thrown off. I'm like, that knob is is like ginormous. Like, uh, how? What's the purpose of that? How would I even use that? Uh, yours seem a little bit more functionally um, adaptable to a, a normal pedal use. So, I think that was uh, something that you know when I started looking at these, I was like, these are small, but they're not 
alien small. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're still very, very usable. And uh, your choices for let's t- let's talk about the the, the pedals that you've uh, that you actually have right now. Um, you want to go through those real quick? Yeah, sure. So uh, the pedals I have in my line right now are uh, two of that small one knob form factor. One is a boost pedal called the Nano Boost. Uh, it's like the one I r- released originally. And uh, the second one is called the Virus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a fuzz pedal. And it's just a uh, Darlington transistor-based fuzz. So think a little bit like a fuzz face, like a blue fuzz face. Okay. But... Uh, that one, it ended up a little gainier and a little more glitchy. It's kind of in between like a vintage fuzz and like a modern synthy sounding fuzz. Interesting. Um, I call it, I call it my dad rock pedal cause it definitely does that <laughs> kind of sound, you know, like the chunky bar chords and stuff. Sure. So I have that. And then I also have a, uh, no switch, no knob pedal. That is just a buffer. It's, uh, similar to the buffer that's in the clone overdrive. Uh-huh. Um, and th- that that is basically just uh, me con- continuing my passion for like these small utility boxes and stuff like that. And uh, so I have friends around Nashville that use them for like long cable runs or use them from, you know, say they're tracking drums upstairs or something and they need a long, you know, they need something to boost a, a line signal or something like that, you know. So they're just kind of a nice utility pedal and you can kind of run one on your board if you're, if you're running a lot of true bypass pedals and lo- losing a lot of signal and gaining a lot of capacitance, you can kind of throw a buffer in there to clean it up a bit. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And it, it does take a, I think this is a good um, solution for the buffer problem because I, utility pedals are interesting. They're obviously very helpful uh, in most cases, but as soon as they go into anywhere near normal pedal size, you're like, or I could just buy another actual pedal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like a <laughs> mental thing I can never get get past. Uh, but uh, I think people are become, getting really creative with the way that they're uh, putting those out there. Uh, have you ever had anybody like actually just kind of go either like stick it straight on the guitar? Uh, I had I had a couple people request like uh, that I build them a nano without a foot switch just with the knob uh-huh. uh, so that they could do that. Um, I have, so I've had a few requests for that type of situation. I haven't done that, but the circuit itself is like quite small. It's like, you know, about the size of my thumb or smaller. So it's like, uh, to them, I've offered them, like you can just take the circuit and wire it with a nine volt in your guitar. And all you need is a linear one M pot to run it. Um, for the for the nano boost at least, huh. um, but yeah, I've I've actually thought about doing like different modules and stuff, and I know JHS did uh, like a guitar module type of situation a few months back. Right, right. Yeah, it seems kind of prime for something along those lines. If you have, uh, if if you want to start messing around with like onboard stuff, that that would be interesting. Um, yeah. I know you also do a lot of mods and I think maybe this is a weird thing to kind of get like at least semi internet famous for, but you did the, uh, DL four enclosure paint jobs famously in pink, I believe. Correct. Yes. Yeah. What was the Genesis behind that? Um, so basically I realized that once you disassemble the DL four, 
obviously it's just a big chunk of metal almost looks like a valve cover for a car you know it's this Mm. big spaceship looking thing and it's just a chunk of aluminum uh so you can either sandblast it or chemically strip the paint that's on it and i do all my own powder coating at home uh for like my enclosures and my pedals so uh, i was like oh i think i can just strip this and powder coat it so um and I tried that on a few and got some good results. And that soft pink, that kind of like almost like a ballet slipper pink, mm-hmm. uh, came about because I was doing I was doing some hardware for a friend for a base. He was building like a white and pink base and wanted me to do some uh, some hardware. He's like, "Can you powder coat hardware?" I was like, "Yeah, I think so, as long as like I stare or steer clear of the moving parts and whatnot." And uh, so I told him, I was like, yeah, I can do that. And the color turned out great. I was really happy with the the, the job that was done on that. And he, he loved it. And I was like, cool. Uh, people seem to like this color. So uh, I kept posting it more. Then got a request to do a DL4 in it. And then after posting that, I got like six more in that month of the same color DL4. Uh, and so that's definitely the most popular color I've done with that pedal. And that turned into, I think you you, you did uh, some actual pedal train boards. Yes. You get get going on one thing and then it just goes sideways and you're like, well, I guess I'm doing this now. <laughs> Man, that is my life in a nutshell, <laughs> uh, it seems. I, I love the powder coating and I love the way like refinished and customized things look. And I, um, yeah, I'm a little surprised more people hadn't tapped into it because I think it's, I think it's just kind of fun, you know, like. Uh, people having pink boards or white boards because people like to color coordinate yeah. so much on like Instagram and Facebook. So they'll post a picture of like a monochrome board that's all black and white pedals or a red board that's all red pedals. So uh, right. powder coating pedal boards seemed like the next step naturally, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's pretty cool. And it like blew up. I remember I was like, what the, why am I seeing all these? What's going on? <laughs> uh, you know, your pet, your powder coating. Oh, what's wrong with my mouth? You are powder. You are powder coating at home. Uh, that does not seem like when you said that. Tony and I both looked at him. We're like, <laughs> like most people don't go. Yeah, I powder coat at home. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, it's kind of a decision that came out because. I had worked with some different uh, enclosure like manufacturers who like do the whole thing, like the drilling and then the powdering and the graphic printing all in one. Right. Um, but it seemed like the weakest point of those three was the powder coating I was finding, like a lot of blemishes and stuff um, from from different companies. And like I won't name any names, but yeah, it's it's something that was like a struggle. And we all know. And I was, yeah, right. And I, I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to just do it myself. I was like, I think that's something I could do. It'd be really fun. It, I watched uh, YouTube tutorials online on like how to learn how to do it. And it didn't seem like overbearingly hard. Like it seemed, you know, hugely easier than powder, than uh, like painting a guitar, like airbrushing a guitar, you know, it's, it sure. just seemed like a completely easier process. Cause, uh, you ground the metal object that you're powder coating and then uh, positively charged powder is sprayed onto it. And so uh, the two attract each other and it just sticks on. So it kind of does like this almost self leveling thing mm-hmm. that uh, like spray paint or airbrush paint doesn't really do. Um, and then you uh, kind of jump right into it. A little love in there, right? Yeah. So I had, um, 
I still have them. I have two toaster ovens. Right now I have a countertop oven that's big that I use instead. Um, also shout outs to, uh, Grant and Karen from big ear pedals for gifting me that oven. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, so basically you just, uh, put whatever your powder coating in the oven after it's, after it's been coated and the different colors of powder have different cure times depending on what they're composed of. Um, and then basically you just pull it out and let it, uh, let it cool. Cause it's, it does get quite hot. And then from there, you you can inspect your work, and if it looks good, you put it together, and it's a pedal or a you know a pedal board or a DL four, yeah, something like that. That's pretty cool, man. I think uh, I think I, the uh, powder coating industry is going to see a strange uptick, maybe uh, after this, you know, because we can affect things in such a huge way. <laughs> Just don't Especially put it in the powder coating and just, just, just don't use your kitchen oven, whatever you do. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's actually, it is hard to keep clean. So I definitely do it in the shed. I'm doing it in the shed in uh, the backyard. It's where I have my whole powder coating set up. But yeah, it is a bit messy. The powder is very fine, kind of gets in the air and you want to be wearing eyewear and a respirator. Definitely. Well, you have a really fun Instagram. I will say it's very easy to <laughs> get lost on that. Uh, so I, again, I encourage people to go check that out. Thank you. Um, where are you, uh, where are you kind of going with the actual pedals that you're building and, or maybe other services you're thinking about doing? So right now I'm kind of, uh, the biggest project, if you will, that I'm working on is redesigning, uh, my nano and hopefully the virus to be uh, a little bit easier to build because uh, essentially it's taking up a lot of my time just the building because I get the enclosures made or I get I powder coat them get them printed they come back and then I drill them like with a drill press and then uh, put components in one at a time. So I put like Jackson and then the, mm-hmm. the volume pot and your single switch. man assembly line. Yeah, exactly. I'm, uh, as, uh, a buddy of Zach of mine once said, he said, he's like, you're building, you're building and selling ships in a bottle, you know, almost <laughs> you, you have to like, you have to build them inside the thing slowly because they're time, so you know? small. Yeah. That's, it's a lot of, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of tight tolerance strategy, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, yeah, right now what's going on with AWOL pedals is I'm just trying to redesign them to be easier to build and also easier, easier to, uh, repair for the day when I have to do repairs mm. on them so that I don't have to like disassemble a pedal inside of an enclosure. I can just, you know, kind of swap it out and, you know, put new guts in. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping to move towards is easier, easier production, quicker production. And that will open up my time to do more of the networking and more of going to these different events and doing giveaways and doing, doing the, I guess, more extroverted stuff of the business. I'm trying to wear those hats more often than not, I think. Right. Uh, that's not easy for everybody to do, you know, the, all the extra stuff. Um, it's, you know, I think fortunately we have a lot of colorful characters in the guitar world, but, uh, uh, you know, not everybody's cut out for that. So power to you if you can get that done. Um, Thank you. with, with the, the design that we are just referencing the teeny weeny 
itsy bitsy wall pedals. Um, do you think that that you are locked into that form factor, or do you see yourself breaking out of that anytime? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider myself locked into it. Uh, it is something that I did worry about uh, a little bit going into it, but you know, at the same time, I I welcome that that role. But I I do have some uh, larger pedal designs and stuff that I am hoping to release and wanting to get out there too. But I think pedalboard real estate will always mean something to me and always be. Uh, uh, I'll always kind of see it as important just because like so many people are traveling with smaller boards, you know, flying with guitar gear is the way that it is, of mm-hmm. course. And uh, I tend to make pedals and electronics that I think are practical for like me and for everyday musicians and uh, what just seems to make sense. But yeah, I think I think I should see some full size pedals here pretty soon. Cool, man. Cool. How about the, uh, any of the other services? Uh, have the uh, enclosures and powder coating world uh, spawn any great ideas that we can see in the future? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I'm wanting to do a little bit more custom stuff again, which is an odd thing to say because I kind of started out doing only that and then decided to brand a pedal company from there. Um, but I, I kind of miss it in a sense, and it's I'm doing a couple different projects with some people right now and building one-off pedals and stuff for them. And I I really do enjoy that because it's such a personal experience and it's like you get to work with them one-on-one. They're like, okay, I like, you know, I like the tube screamer, but I don't like this about it. Or Mm -hmm. I like this about it, you know, you like, for instance, and you can kind of just work with them and like, you'd be like, okay, move apart and try it. It's like, how do you, how does it sound now? And then you can kind of, it's, it's just so, so much more personal and the pedal becomes like, their baby at that point. And I really like seeing that sort of joy uh, in people instead of just like, it's cool to just build a pedal and sell them. But I think they, there's so much more of an investment when they like worked on it with you. And I, I enjoy that quite a lot, actually. Aside from the things that you are building and potentially, you know, a, a consumer, the, you know, customer coming to you for anything custom, what are you seeing right now that? you're excited about or that you are being inspired by, you know, in your peers and uh, in the guitar world in general right now? Something that I really enjoy is uh, people at the top of like your perspective industry or whatever that are willing to give away information for free and uh, willing to be just like good examples and give good educational content to people, the people that come to mind are like Brian Wampler and Josh Scott uh, of Wampler Pedals and JHS Pedals, respectively. Right. They both make really great video content that isn't always necessarily about their products. It's always a lot of times it's just answering typical pedal questions or like delving into a topic like what does true bypass mean? Is it actually better or whatever? And you know stuff like that. That's really giving the masses more information. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, you know, boy, when 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 Josh uh, hit that YouTube and with his new video format, I mean, it's weird to th- to think, boy, what the world really needs is a is a guitar based YouTube channel. But I mean, I feel like we really did need that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a utterly different perspective. In fact, we were talking to him at Nam, and that's the thing. That's something that I targeted. I said, look, I, w- I want you to get. I want to get you on the show and we are working towards that. 
And I think right off he was like, oh, you want me to talk about pedals and stuff? And I'm like, but it's not about your pedals per se. And he was like, oh, okay. That's a different thing altogether. So um, I'm sure obviously we would talk about it, but I, I, th- I think you're, you're keen in to, uh, to pick up on the other things that, that uh, people are, are offering. Gee, not, not unlike yourself, you know, with the, the powder coating and customizing and stuff. That's pretty cool. Well, man, I really appreciate you sharing your your story with us all and, and letting us kind of get to know AWOL pedals a little bit better. Um, please keep us informed of new stuff that you're doing um, so we can Absolutely. share that out with our audience and everything. And uh, we're going to proceed to a very, very special little part of our shoe. Called... <laughs> Would you rather? All right. (laughs) This this week's Would You Rather is quite a lengthy explanation, and I am... And before you even start this explanation, I just want to give props to the creator of that explanation for just really embracing what we do what Jared loves doing and making it a really fun one. That's right. All right. This week's Would You Rather is brought to us by CJ Mapes. That's correct. Awesome. This this is a great Would You Rather, and uh, I can't wait to read it to you right now, so buckle in. It's a long one. Let's say you're walking down the street eating a donut, and you happen to pass by a local concert hall when all of a sudden a manager guy with three fingers runs out of the venue. He sees you, and he asks, do you know how to work on guitars? The guitar tech passed out, and uh, this three-piece band refuses to do any of their own work on their own guitars. You say, sure. But I'm eating a donut, man. It's it's a donut. You don't bother me. The manager slaps a donut out of your hand. What kind of a donut was it? It's a long john. Oh. And drags you inside. (laughs) Once backstage, you see the dilemma. Ah. Okay. This is crazy now. This is where it gets juicy. (laughs) It's already not juicy. (laughs) A Rickenbacker 360 12-string with a six-saddle bridge also a seven-string bass that both need restrung, and the band goes on stage in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. You only have time to restring one instrument before you need to run back to the donut shop before it closes and get another long john. <laughs> Which guitar are you going to restring? The Rickenbacker 360-12? Or are you going to restring that seven-string bass? Ooh! Oh, oh what man. a question, CJ Mapes, <laughs> bringing it, bringing wow, the goods. What a, what a quandary! They set the bar right there. Jeez Louise! The last line is what you really need to be concerned. Yeah, about. you got to go get another donut. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Oh, right. Let's hear from Tony, the Mister Rickenbacker himself. <clears throat> I am going to do the logical things, which would be to restring the bass with four strings. And the twelve string with six strings, so I'm only going to change ten strings total. Nope, that's not the thing. <laughs> I don't care. One. You got to pick one. I two. don't <laughs> care. You get no donut. I don't care. You just pick one. Donut shop closed on you. You know how this works. Uh, the base is irrelevant, so I'd restring the twelve. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Dirt Dutchman. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, I'm. 
Jared. I'm I'm gonna just roll the dice, do the twelve string, because you know a bass that doesn't need the strings changed, man. What it does? That's the what? What don't you guys understand about the question? A bass is a bass. You don't need to. You, re- you have you to know. restring it. That's the rules. Uh, I guess if you have to. I, I guess uh, the twelve string is still extremely important, though. And who are these prima donnas that won't change their own strings? I don't know, but they're not going to be playing very long. That's no. a lot of strings, man. Twelve. Reject I, that. I'll go with the twelve string. Twelve string. Yeah. All right, Aaron. How about yourself, bud? Uh, I'd probably restring the Rickenbacker. I like the idea of uh, splitting them up. Oh, that's that's smart. Yeah, smart, but not allowed. Apparently, not acceptable. I mean, <laughs> so, would you rather, man? Because neither could one I, of them could play at that point. Follow the rules. Go ahead. Could I get like extra donuts and like apologize to the bass player with donuts? Be like, hey, you're gonna have to sit this gig out, but I have donuts for you. If you get to the donut shop on time, yeah, okay. that's donut the whole shop. thing. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna restring the bass. Because it's just, it's simply less strings. Yeah. I think it'll be harder to do, <laughs> but I do not want to attack. You've obviously never heard I have. I've, I've you've strung ne- my bass a couple a, times. A 12 string? You no, said it, it's a seven string bass. I know, but you said it would be, it's going to be harder to do. Just simply because the it, it's like heavier gauges strings and it's like, you know, just a little tricky. Does it have solderless connections? It might. <laughs> It might, Ooh. if it has onboard electronics, but I'm not messing with that. Hey. Uh, <laughs> you guys are a bunch of donuts yourselves. Yes, three 12 strings and, and a, a bass. bass. That's uh, not, not quite a baker's dozen. Bass. Tony, who do we have to thank? Oh, we have to thank some people. We do. My goodness. Uh, at this point in the show, we like to thank a special group of people. That's right. These would be our executive producers. I love you. And our executive producers uh, allowed to participate in the big giveaway that Jared announced earlier. Yep. So anybody who is on Patreon is eligible to become a winner of pickups and or a pick card. Yep. 59 clones. That's what we're going to do. All right. So how do you become a patron of this fine organization show? Go to the show. You go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Yes. On there, you will see various levels in which you can participate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very cost effective. And you get some great things like t shirts and barefoot buttons. About like my the big swag package Swaggy. that I was doing. Yeah. Swaggy. So check we, those there, out. There's we'll some serious you swag. You get stuff, man. But, you know, when you, as you work your way up these levels, you get a little more stuff, a little more stuff. And when you're an executive producer, not only do you get the stuff, but, Jared? You get your name right on the thing. And that's what I'm going to do. Let's start with Tom Berezin. Yep. Martin Cliff. John Daly. Sean Sheldon. You mean Sean S. <laughs> Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Brad Partridge, Corey Nigro, Ken Sayers, Jonathan Jerusik, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Michael McVeigh, Rick Lenglou, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Tyg Harmon, Chris Heidel, and John Esterly. 
That's my guy. Right on. Thanks to each and every one of you guys. Thank you guys so very much. You truly keep our uh, studio rolling. It is hugely appreciated. And uh, make sure you go. Uh, we'll have some rules and announce more announcements on that um, giveaway that we'll be doing. Um, so uh, let's see here. Mr. Aaron, Mr. AWOL Pedals, where can people find you? Okay, yeah. So I have an Instagram account that's just at AWOL Pedals. Um, my website is awolpedals.com. I believe my Twitter is also AWOL Pedals. Uh, I'm trying to think other socials. I use Facebook a little bit, and that's probably facebook.com slash AWOL Pedals. What's the easiest, quickest way for someone to get a hold of you? For your shoot me a DM a on Instagram, probably. There you go. There it is. Instagram. All right. And Tony? Well, let's just say you need a special pick guard. Mm-hmm. Say you've got an anniversary coming up. Oh, yeah. You want to show your significant other how much you love them. Yep. I think you should get a very special pick guard. Probably. PickGuardian.com. Let's do it. Head on over there. See some of the fun things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can go over to uh, Instagram. And see some of the projects I've been talking about here. Uh, it's Pick Guardian and the number one. And uh, just give me, you know, contact me through the website, Tony at PickGuardian.com. Let me hear from you. Awesome. Jared. Get pickups. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jared at uh, BrandonWallPickups.com. That's my email. Uh, go to my website. Check out what I do. I do new pickups and new pickups that look old and rewinds get a hold of me brandon one pickups right on you can drop me an email todd at the guitar knobs.com you can also dm me uh and for all of the folks that don't know what that is direct message me <laughs> what's your what's your myspace on, account on, yeah on instagram and we are at guitar knobs and Aaron, we're just super glad that we got to talk to you, man. And yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, Guitar Knobs family. And uh, it, was, it was really nice, uh, nice chatting with you. And yeah, hopefully, it was a blast. we get to cross your paths, so cross paths soon. We'll be well. Some of us will be. Some out of us at, will be at, uh, at Nam Summer Nam. Um, I will. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. We will be here. Come see my booth. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Have an awesome guitar week ahead of you. And subscribe! Yeah. Make the fail noise again that Tony no, did. We're not. Can I just hear it? We're going to do this. We're wasting time. I want to hear it before the show. This, this writing is so small. It's a text. After the show, then. Yeah. Why? Because I like it. No. It's a long john. Oh. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.